Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today is a different kind of show for me. It's going to be a special one. You know, out of all the guests, topics, and authors that I've interviewed over the years, this is the first time I've hosted a fictional author. Yet he and his message are so much more than fiction. Interestingly, this morning, I woke up and head to Facebook. And in the middle of my morning, I was consumed by my own fictional feeling reality as a two-year-old post popped up in my Facebook feed. I got lost. I tell you, it was really fascinating. I got lost in the imaginings of this new digital scrapbook on Facebook, a virtual journal, this cyber archive, the emerging museum in cyberspace that's Facebook. It inspired me to write a poem called Zuckerberg's Akash. And as we all ponder the advances in technology, it's easy to get swept up in the magical allure of its potential. What's happening What happens when one gets caught up in the fast-paced, ever-evolving world of technology with its plethora of attention-mongering digital noise? Our guest today is an Emmy Award-winning actor and director. His new novel explores the essence of the idea that technology is the future and we are virtually connected in a mechanical universe where attention is for sale and fame is the new religion. Or not. What if technology is a prison and the universe is really alive? How might our lives change if we realize we are divinely connected? Perhaps madness can become a doorway and attention is the key to something greater. There's a few clues here for you. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Michael Gorgian is an Emmy award-winning actor, filmmaker, and writer. His acting credits include Party of Five, Leaving Las Vegas, Chaplin, SLC Punk, Hard Rain, and HBO's upcoming drama, Wizard of Lies, opposite Robert De Niro. As a director, Michael achieved widespread recognition for his first major independent film, Illusion. Since then, he has directed the Louise Hay documentary, You Can Heal Your Life, Wayne Dyer's film, The Shift, and the Tales of Everyday Magic, original film anthology. And there's so much more. But today, we're going to talk about (laughs) Michael's brand new book. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Julie. It's great to be here. Yes. And you were giggling with me because literally, 
I, I'm like really fascinating how I just woke up this morning and before I even opened my computer to prep, I saw this post come up on my phone and I was in this whole digital world and in my own fantasy of technology. And so I can't wait to talk about your book. But first, I have a traditional question here, Michael, on my show. We like to set our conversation into a bigger perspective here. So can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? All things connected. Well, um, I would say I'm just going to shoot from the hip here. Please do. For me, it's a layered, uh, a layered statement. I think all, all things are connected and becoming more connected in a physical dimension, so to speak. And to me, that includes our technologies. Um, but then, and I think all things connected in a more essential way is something that uh, I, I personally struggle to remember uh, as much as I can in my physical existence. Mm. That's an interesting perspective. And because I've got to see your work, I kind of get that. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to really help our audience understand what you're referring to here, because your the book, What Lies Beyond the Stars, is, is really exquisite. And it's an interesting journey that you take the reader on. But let's start first, Michael, with your story. Here you mm -hmm. are an actor, a director, a writer, and this really evocative story comes through. And I think I read, it took you several, several years as the story was forming and then you began the actual writing of it. Tell us your story mm -hmm. a little bit here. Well, um, yeah, I'll lead into where, what lies beyond the stars came from. But uh, I'm a, I grew up in the Bay Area. Um, my father is a, a scientist and my mother's a nurse. And uh, I kind of broke out of the mold and decided I wanted to be an actor. And so uh, I went to LA after high school and I actually started as a dancer. Uh, my first job was in a, a film called uh, Newsies, uh, which I think is, it's on Broadway now. Uh, but back when I was in the film, that was uh, quite a while ago. Um, uh, and then I started doing acting jobs. I was on a lot of TV shows uh, and films and I loved it. Uh, but also there was an, a side of me that was drawn towards wanting something more, longing for uh, being a part of, essentially, I wanted to be a part of projects, art that had something deeper to say. And you, as an actor, you're not always in charge of, you know, what roles you get and what projects you can do. So that kind of led me into uh, writing and directing. And at first, I directed a lot of really crazy, bizarre little short films and music videos. I would get my friends together uh, back in, in Oakland in the Bay Area, and we would make all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, and then that led uh, to me actually writing a screenplay called Beatrice, which, and this is over 20 years ago, um, the screenplay 
is the foundation of the book that I just finished. Mm. Um, I had written the screenplay. It was, uh, inspired by actually a chapter in a book by Herman Hesse called, uh, the book was called Demian. And, uh, in it, there's a chapter called Beatrice, which, uh, is about a, a young man who, who sees a, a woman at a park and he never meets her, but he, he starts to paint pictures of her and, and, uh, calls her Beatrice after, uh, uh, the Beatrice from Dante's, uh, the divine comedy. It's a character in the Divine Comedy, and he he never knows who she is. But uh, slowly, as he's drawing these pictures of her over time, they become pictures of himself. And uh, it uh, that something about that really caught me. And I wrote the screenplay, um, kind of inspired by it. And uh, I worked very hard to raise money and and do the Hollywood Shuffle and get names attached. Uh, my uh, Michelle Williams, the actress Michelle Williams and myself were going to star in it. Um, and then it all fell apart. So I set that script aside and uh, did other things. Uh, I worked on several other projects, one of them being uh, Illusion that you mentioned earlier. Um, Illusion w- uh, ended up being a film I made with uh, Kirk Douglas is in it. Uh, and Brian Cranston's in it. Uh, I'm, I'm also in it. Um, and that's a, a great, it's based on a very old play and, uh, the adaption that I did incorporates the, the idea of the Akashic records. Um, it's a movie about a, a film director played by Kirk Douglas, who's on his deathbed and he's, uh, he is wondering about an illegitimate child that he, he had, and, uh, and never knew. And, uh, and sort of an angel like character comes to him and explains that, uh, there's a record of everyone's life. And he takes him to a movie theater where he shows him his son's life. He shows him different reels from his son's life. Um, so that film ended up being doing, doing well and, and led me to, uh, to Hay House, um, uh, via, um, Gay Hendricks, do you know Gay? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had seen my film and really liked it. And um, he, uh, I, f- I forget when exactly what, we we did a few things together. And then um, he said, have you ever heard of this woman, Louise Hay? And I, I have to admit, at the time, I had not. Um, and he said, oh, well, uh, I'm, I'm, we're considering helping put a, put a documentary together. And if you'd be interested, uh, I, I'd like you to introduce you to her. And see if, uh, you want to be involved. So I went, I went with gay and I met with Louise and, uh, it was, I have to say the, probably the best job interview I've ever had. Um, I was quite nervous meeting her. I've been told a lot about her beforehand. And, uh, I remember when she, uh, when we met, we, we shook hands and, uh, she kind of paused and then she, she said, yep, this is going to work. (laughs) <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was hired. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we worked on, I, I worked on that film and I, I had actually never, um, made a documentary before. Uh, I came from, uh, theater and narrative and, um, but ha- have you seen Louise's film that you can heal your life? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, 
well, what was interesting is I had, we shot all these interviews and I kind of was like, I, I don't know, you know, what to do with this, how to put it together. And, and finally I went to uh, read Tracy at Hay House and, and Louise and said, would you guys mind if I, um, I, I did a kind of a narrative thing, a through line with a, this woman who's journey, on a journey and she's keeps is on these paths. And I, I had, I kind of had a vague idea what I wanted to do. And they were very trusting. They said, sure, Michael, go, go shoot it. You know, we trust you. So we shot the the section of the film, which is this kind of narrative through line. And, and for me, I, I feel like it, it really brought the thing together. Um, and, uh, Actually, going, you know, when we talk about my book, I have a very strong belief in the power of uh, fiction and the power of, uh, especially in the realm of spirituality or uh, uh, inner development, I feel that fiction is one of the most essential things that uh, a lot of times, you know, we go around, we get a book or, or hear a lecture and hear all this stuff about what we're, what to do or how to do it. And, and I think it's very powerful, but through storytelling, there's another level of engagement. And, uh, uh that's something I, I, I very much believe in. So, um, back to my little life journey here, uh, after the film with Louise, uh, we uh, read at Hay House approached me about doing a film with uh, uh, Dr. Dyer. And again, I kind of was like, well, I, I'd rather not just do another Talking Heads movie. Um, do you mind if I experiment a little bit and, and try to come up with something that uses my tool set a little more in terms of, you know, narrative, uh, something with actors? And, and he said, sure, yeah tell me what you got. And so we developed the idea for Wayne's film, um, which for those who haven't seen it, uh, the shift, um, the idea is kind of a postmodern idea, which is, uh, Wayne in the film plays himself. And there's a, a film crew that, uh, goes to meet him at a place called, uh, a Silomar, which is a kind of a conference grounds in, uh, Monterey, California. And the film crew are actually actors, uh, and but they're there to interview Wayne. And uh, this way, Wayne can talk about his ideas and express a lot of the ideas that are, were essential to the film that we wanted to make. But then I also had these characters of the film crew, and I could have them, you know, they, they interview Wayne, and then you see them later at a having dinner and they're all arguing and going, Oh, I think he's, I, I don't, I don't buy what he's saying. And this, and then Wayne shows up and they all talk. And I was able to create more drama and more, uh, tension and, and basically make it more of a movie movie. Um, and then there are other characters at the conference ground and we, they, we follow their lives and what they're going through kind of ties into the ideas that Wayne is talking about. So that was just another step further into my realm of, of storytelling. Um, but taking ideas, deeper ideas, um, in that Wayne's, uh, Wayne's current book about moving from ambition into meaning, uh, in your life. Uh, so that was a great experience. And then we went on and did, uh, tales of everyday magic with Hay House, which is 
an anthology of just pure, uh, each one is an hour-long story, uh, each sort of inspired by a different author. One is inspired by Louise's work, uh, and that's about a, a blind painter and his next-door neighbor, uh, a young uh, Hispanic girl that he becomes friends with and their relationship. And through their relationship, we explore a lot of Louise's uh, ideas about um, how our thoughts affect our, our health. Um, and then we did one for Wayne and one with uh, Greg Braden. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And then after that, I, uh, I was kind of looking around for what to do next. And uh, I found that old script that I had written years ago, um, Beatrice. And, uh, I, I looked at it and I thought I, I was glad that I hadn't made it back when I had written it because it was, I, I, I look at myself now and I go, wow, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, a much more mature writer and there's a lot more I want to say. And so, uh, but the heart of it was great. So uh, I took it and I, I rewrote the script and then I happened to show it to Reed at Hay House. And uh, they said, well, we're starting, you know, to do more fiction. And would you have any interest in writing a novel? And I said, well, uh, sure, it'll just take me a year. And that was about <laughs> four, four and a half years ago. <laughs> so that's the kind of uh, genesis of, of where the book came wow. from. Wow. Well, I'm I'm curious of where it comes from deeper within you. You write, Michael, uh, you write very well, and you are a storyteller. It's, it's just obvious that you just are such an innate storyteller in many different forms here with with your your acting, directing, and and writing. And yet, this book is poetic. It's engaging. It's um, there, it, it wow. That's all I can say is, wow. <laughs> and can so, I quote you? Can I quote yeah. you on that? <laughs> yeah, please do. Put that somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, where did that story come from inside of you? It's really relevant today, too. So, mm. so the message, let's maybe we can share with the listeners. I kind of hinted at the journey that the, the character takes in this novel his name is Adam and you know we're talking about technology and and really getting caught up in this world of of technology and then asking yeah. similar questions to what you just did is like with the I love how you say the Hollywood shuffle and <laughs> longing for more you know to bring meaning so um let's talk about that let's talk about Adam's journey and and where what number one where that comes from within you, but then let's bring that into the relevance of today's listening audience, because I think it's really a powerful message for so many. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, service layer of the book is it's a journey about a young uh, man who's a, a programmer in San Francisco um, who spent the majority of his life staring at a computer screen and uh, he kind of, uh, well, in the book, I'm, I'm not going to give too much away, but yeah, uh, he starts away. he starts having dreams about a time when he uh, was a kid and before computers sort of take, took over his life. And, and this place he lived called Mendocino, um, which is north of San Francisco. It's a very rural, be beautiful area. And uh, he's 
drawn back there and and returning back to this uh, place, he ends up meeting a a woman uh, who turns out to be uh, someone he knew as a child back then and hasn't seen in over 30 years. Um, and through their relationship and think things happen, uh, a lot is explored. Uh, and there's a lot of big themes, but one of the major ones that you uh, have brought up is the idea of attention. And um, in today's world, in today's climate with technology, um, attention, what is our attention? Uh, that's, it's a huge, huge question. And I, I know, you know, with a lot of probably your listeners, there's uh, a lot more understanding about uh, or exploration of that in terms of our intention and what we do uh, with our attention. But attention itself, um, one way of putting it, uh, and this this was a conversation I had with a friend early on when I was uh, w- uh, working on the book, was attention, in one respect, we can see attention as being kind of the, the new... Um, it's the uh, it's the money of today. We don't, you know, money is uh, we buy and sell attention. What uh, what is Facebook? What is Twitter? What is uh, these companies that when they first came out were worth billions of dollars before they even made a a penny? It was because of the attention they control, uh, the news, the everything is really um, the economy is rooted on attention. On the other side of the scale is uh, if you look at pretty much any um, religion or spiritual p- tradition, there's usually a practice at the core of it, which has to do with attention, um, working with attention within oneself, whether it's meditation or uh, prayer or many others. So on one side, I need my attention to help develop something inside of me. And yet, on the other side of the scale, the world is trying to steal it from me constantly, pulling at me this way and that way, saying, look at this, look at this. I have a screen in my pocket right now. I mean, that's incredible. If you think about, you know, yes. 10, 15 years ago, I can constantly have something nag at me to look at this screen and, and check this, this or that and pull me out of the world that's around me. The world that I, I the, the place of where wherever I really am, and I don't necessarily uh, try to villainize technology in the book, but I think it's worth examining and really looking at. Um, and so that's kind of a major exploration that the main character goes through. Yeah, and you know, um, I just have to say, Michael, that the main character really teaches us a lot about consciousness and and it's and it's a really believable exploration for all of us i think i think it's um really fascinating that it's you know yes we're talking about the role of technology and attention but um you explore it with just these um I can't even put words to it. It's just fascinating to me. And and then here's the 
the dichotomy of being virtually connected and then you bring in the theme of being divinely connected. And so I love that. We just have a few minutes before break, but I would love to hear you just talk about um, about that idea of connectedness uh, just in a couple minutes or less before we actually do go into break. Sure, sure. Well, um you know, everybody has their own beliefs. And, and um, I, for me, I have been a lifelong questioner uh, and not, not in a s- traditional skeptic sense, but more in a, a, a wonderment. Um, to me, through art, art was kind of my religion growing up. Uh, and that uh, longing for, uh, that is at the heart of, of artistic expression for me. Um, what is that? To me, it's a longing to connect. Um, in Greek terminology, they, they, it's called eros, um, which has sexual connotations now, but it's er- that longing t- for understanding. Um, I, uh, I think in the book, and this roots back to the, what originally inspired it with um, Demian, is oftentimes we see that uh, traditionally played out in a love relationship in literature or, or film. But what is that really in, uh, is a, a metaphor for this longing we have, um, not just through love, but longing for a greater self um, or, or something that is larger than ourself that we know we're a part of, we sense we're a part of, and we want to connect back to. So that, that's kind of, I mean, I, those are the ideas I at least try to explore and, and wonder about through the story. Yeah. And it's not always an easy story. The, the, the reader, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot in there, and I'm not going to give it away to our listeners, but there's just so much depth and meaning in that whole exploration. So you, I, in my opinion, Michael, you've mastered it. So congratulations on that. We're going to talk so much more about this book. I want to talk about also the technology and the transformation of your whole industry right now. Oh, so yeah. we, we're going to take a quick break. We're right here talking with Michael Gorgian. So much more when we return. Meditation channel, nonstop meditation music, 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. 
Soothe your soul. Calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around. Or, Because I said so. Or, Don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean. But I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. No, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious, and if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion? After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Adding light to the world, one heart at a time. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe just listen to it again and again. Please visit our website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I love to hear from you. I appreciate your feedback. So please leave a comment, sign up for my my mailing list, and and come play with us and other global co-creators on goodofthewhole.com as well. Today, we are talking with the author of What Lies Beyond the Stars, Michael Gorgian. And you can find out so much more about Michael and this brand new novel that's coming out and the rest of his career at michaelgorgian.com. That's Michael, spelled normal, with G-O-O-R-J-I-A-N.com. Correct, Michael? Uh, it's actually Michael A. Gorgian. Oh, I'm glad I asked. Middle initial A, yeah. Some guy in uh, the Ukraine bought my 
Michael Gorgian and is holding it hostage. So, Uh-oh. yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I clarified that. MichaelAGorgian.com. Excellent. And just Google your name. You'll find it. So, Michael, thank you. I'm I'm really happy that we're here today. And there's really so much. Um, I want to just kind of loosen this up and expand it a little bit more. Sure. Um, the story's fascinating. But you mentioned the longing for more. And you, you here you are, this ex- successful actor, director, doing the Hollywood thing. And this thing is like moving inside of you. I have a daughter who's an actress in New York and she, she's feeling the same thing. She's feeling this, wow, I want to do work that means something. I want to do work that is in alignment with, you know, her soul's calling what she's feeling that, that deeper peace and and mm-hmm. here you stop and you and I love the work you've done with Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer and you know and so you kind of moved into this place and I'm really looking forward to seeing what else wants to come but technology is not only a topic in your book it really is shifting the your whole industry it's shifting our world it's shifting it's shifting mm-hmm. everything and, and consciousness is shifting everything. And there's just a lot going on in our world right now. I'm, I'm just kind of curious how you're watching things transform in the entertainment industry when we have digital everything. I mean, it's changing everything from book publishing to right. how we deliver entertainment, you know, globally here. So I'm just curious if you have any insight for us. Right. Well, it's tricky. Um, you know, and I, I, I feel for your, your daughter, um, uh, being an actress today, I, I don't know if I would become an actor today, uh, because of how technology's changed. I, I mean, I, it's so much more, uh, everything has shifted so much more onto ego and, and personality versus, uh, talent or, or art, art. I mean, um, the fact that most filmmakers now don't, they don't even say they make films, they're, they're content, they make content. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what container are we putting this into? Yeah. I, it's, it's tricky because, you know, uh, it's like, I, I actually think I even have a metaphor in the book about, or somebody has a line about, you know, the similarity with, uh, Einstein discovering E equals MC squared. I mean, to see that and see an atomic bomb is one side of it, but it's, it's not necessarily the only side. I think with technology, it's just a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, it's not all, it's not good or bad. Um, but in its newness, in its infancy, uh, so much of how and what it's used for uh, starts at a, a base level. Um, so I think that's what we're, we're going through right now with technology, perhaps. But uh, it's challenging because, you know, as an artist, um, there's so much more freedom. You know, a filmmaker can take their phone and go make a film, um, which is great in one respect. But then you have a lot of not really films, but just kind of stuff, um, content. Um, the, the view of especially filmmaking or, or, uh, acting, filmmaking, that kind of stuff 
uh, as an art form, I think hopefully we can come back to that and see it as, as I did. I mean, I, I remember seeing films as a kid and they were, you know, spiritual experiences. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so, uh, I think we're evolving, uh, with, in terms of our use of technology in and entertainment. And there's a lot of exciting things out there in terms of, you know, virtual reality and stuff like that. But all of that's the exterior, it's the skin. Um, but what's inside of, of all the, the stuff that we can do, um, I think that's where, I don't think it's, it's, it's not dead, but it needs to be rediscovered. It needs to be reawoken as the interest in terms of the content of the art, of the entertainment. Um, and I, you know, I, I wrote a, a blog piece recently called uh, Philosophical Fiction uh, and kind of as an attempt to explain my own book. Um, and I, I, th I think uh, to see that uh, entertainment is wonderful, but uh, in my case with a novel, novels aren't just for entertainment. Um, storytelling isn't just to entertain us. Uh, it's to get, feed us in a way. It can be to feed us. Storytelling from the beginning of storytelling was meant to convey ideas. And um, I feel strongly that that's needed in our, our culture and our, our world is that uh, a return to that. So, yeah. I couldn't agree more, Michael. Thank you for that. I, um, it's why I bring this up in conversation because through the book, I can clearly see you're an artist and, um, you know, leaping off of traditional filmmaking in, in Hollywood and really diving deeply into philosophical fiction is really uh, what I think is the key to us as a collective on this planet really evolving our consciousness mm -hmm. and you're beginning a really beautiful place for people to just like you said um to be fed to go wow um you know what does this really mean so i i really appreciate that and and then the the whole conversation of art versus content because we really need the new stories we need the art and we need the arts to lift up a new vision for us you know a new vision of humanity a new vision of of who we are you know and mm -hmm. and a new vision of how do we integrate with this technology that at the same time is changing and evolving us. How do we integrate that? You, you have, I have some friends right there in the Bay area who are doing consciousness hacking, you know, and there's some really beautiful things coming out of technology, but uh -huh. we're in this in between place. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for that. Do you, so from your perspective, is the industry going to move more into that depth place into that philosophical fiction are we are you seeing more artists coming through with that pure delivery of art again that we we really create content that matters and feeds us again sure i i think uh it's not necessarily what's at the cineplex um mm -hmm. but uh 
I mean, I think I, I know there are amazing artists out there um, who are uh, connected to something uh, bigger than just pop, you know, entertainment stuff. Um, it's uh, it's tricky. Um, the, the thing is, I, I learned this actually by doing a lot of these films with Hay House. Um, I feel like there's a big divide. You have uh, people making a lot of film and uh, television shows and things that are really, really good and entertaining, but they're not really about anything too much. They're, they're just brilliant uh, dream weavers. And then you have a lot of people that have amazing ideas that they want to convey, deep ideas about consciousness, about the world, about the human condition. Uh, and a lot of those people, the idea is so strong within them and so above the, the board that when they make a piece of art, it's not really art, it's a lecture. Uh, or it's a uh, it's a, a documentary, or it's something that is directly into my head. And what I talk about in the blog about philosophical fiction is the the art is the burying of the ideas. That's with uh, the stuff with Hay House and and things like What Lies Beyond the Stars. What Lies Beyond the Stars is in a way two books. It's a entertaining, thrilling you know, uh, page turning adventure, love story, mystery, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, which, the above. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that I did my best to really hone and work on and, and entertain and make it something, a joy to, to, to read underneath that buried between the words or ideas are things that I feel are important, the, the big things I want to convey about the, the, the universe, our relationship to it, attention, you know, some of the things are more at the surface and are easy to find, but a lot of them are symbolic. A lot of them are um, metaphorical and, uh, and that type of artist, um, I would love to see evolve from either side either from the side of these people out there that have in, are are connected and understand a need for conscious art um will start to work at their artistry or the people that are great dream weavers that are making iron man 12 will <laughs> so <laughs> why don't we take our tools and try to use them for something that is conve conveying something a little more important so it's the the in between those two is is the path that I, I see hopefully will people will start heading down. Yeah, there's there's a magic in the middle there if we can begin to weave those things. And you're you're right that anyone can go take a cell phone and become a movie star, become a director, become, you know, we're creating these two minute films, these 20 minute films we're creating. The other day, someone said, go look at this site. And there was literally this YouTube where they set up the camera in a room and they were just doing their own reality TV thing with absolutely nothing there. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. mind boggling. Like, how did we get to this point? But I think it's all Good. I, I and I hear your your message underneath. I think that we're breaking down the old structures that really didn't serve 
that higher consciousness that we're talking about. You know, we right. we went through we went through the stage in in Hollywood with with movie and TV and and it served a beautiful purpose. And I would love I would love to really witness the evolution of this in real time because I think it's fascinating that. I think there are people who are waking to this and, and that will weave that middle ground somewhere. Mm-hmm. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So thank you for being a pioneer and a maverick <laughs> in this way and really delivering this book too, because now you've, um, you know, you've added this other layer that um, I think is so valuable to all of us. So thank you for that. So I'm curious and I want to, um, just put out this question and it you might not want to share with us but (laughs) our listeners are going to say okay what lies beyond the stars this book why should i pick up this book and what does it really mean what lies beyond the stars so so for michael i'm wondering michael what lies beyond the stars (laughs) wow (laughs) the best interview question i've ever gotten hardest (laughs) the hardest interview question there you Um, go what lies beyond the stars? Um, uh, well, I will kind of paraphrase a character in the book who at one point is talking about lying on her boat. She's a, a woman who, who owns her own sailboat and, and travels around uh, the world on it. And, and she's talking to a character and saying, talking about, uh, how often she'll go out on deck uh, at night when it's a, a clear sky and a new moon and uh, look up at the stars and, uh, and start to feel herself floating um, between these two great entities, the, the universe and the ocean. And as she says, she's, as she's looking up, she starts to realize that this is, in a way, it's not really star. It's it, she imagines it as a giant fishbowl, big bowl with little holes or pores throughout that are are bleeding a light from from the other side, peeking through some uh, some other world, some unknown world we're meant to know uh, but don't yet see, uh, and the that's that's her description of it so uh, how about that does that work Uh, that works for me that works for me it's beautiful really and you know just um i'm excited to just remind our listeners that this book is now out um what lies beyond the stars and you're so right michael it's a love story it's a thriller it's a romance novel that um is beyond our imagining and really um, you capture in words what um, we can aesthetically feel and we're just right there with you. So you've, you've done a beautiful job and I, I appreciate your, your answering my question about <laughs> the stars. You know, I, yeah. have to say, I have to say I, in writing it, I, I was a little worried because the main character is uh, a, a man and technology, and I remember Reed, te- uh, Reed Tracy at Hay House saying, well, you know, uh, most people that read novels are women. Um, I was like, oh, boy, I hope, I, I hope I've written something that will connect or relate to uh, a female audience as much as a male audience. And, 
um, I had I early on, I had a, a reader, a friend of mine who uh, I knew from college. Uh, I sent her the book to read it. And uh, her comment was she felt as if I had somehow snuck into her bedroom, stolen her diary and taken all of the things she's wondered about and put them into a book. So that to me felt like, OK, good. Uh, this is this is something that will relate to it's relate to anybody, regardless of the. The, the lead character. Yeah. Amen to that. I'm glad she gave you that feedback because really it's relatable. Um, really it even just how you created the characters and um, what he does for a living. And, and the first, I tell you the first chapter just grabs you right away. So there's so much there. There's so many layers, so much good stuff. So Michael, we just have a few minutes left in the show. And I want to ask you, what's next for Michael Gorgian? <laughs> what's next? Yeah, what is next? Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sh- want to promote the book and, and hope that it gets out there and people read it. Um, I, you know, I, I have to say that of all of the things I've done, this is the thing that is most uh, uh, close to me personally. Um, so, well, I, you know, we're working on, I'm working on, uh, hopefully doing a film, uh, of this book, um, as it originated as a screenplay. Um, now that, I've gone through the the work of turning it into a novel. I, I figure I better turn it back into a film. Uh, so there's that. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I could say this. This is actually, I, I originally wasn't going to promote this, but um, this is the first book in a trilogy. Um, so I am currently uh, starting to work on book number two. Um, and uh, the reason I didn't want to uh, promote it that way is because I I wanted people to pick this book up and, and have a sense that it stands on its own, that they weren't reading, you know, something that would keep them hanging and go, oh, I got to wait two years for the next installment. Um, I, I think the book is very much its own thing. Uh, but the ideas in it, the characters in it are thing are I, I want to revisit. And uh, I have a lot of ideas of where it will continue so Mm. oh i'm looking forward to that my mind as soon as you said that my mind expanded into all kinds of journeys just in that moment being with you of of thinking about the potential of that so that's that's exciting that's really exciting yeah yeah and really i'm on the edge of my seat waiting for the movie i'm kind of a movie girl when there's a really good movie and i'd rather watch the movie than read the book i'm kind of a um kind of a anomaly in that a lot of people like would prefer read the book and then they go oh that movie didn't do it right but well i have a, i have a personal feeling about books and movies when they translate them at, at least for me um the book and the movie for this should be uh companions it's not the film i'm not it's not to just i'm going to represent on film the story of the book the book has depths and ideas that are explored that are, are not meant for a movie screen. And there are things that I can do as an artist on a movie screen that you just can't do in a book. And that's, to me, in making the film, it's going to be exploring the artistic expression of 
what can be done on film. Uh, so I see them as being companions versus mm. uh, two, two of the same thing. I like that. That's really, that's nice. I'm glad you said that. And that, that also helps me go, yeah, it's okay. To, it's okay to love the movies too. But with that, I would really encourage our listeners today to read the book because yeah. like you said, it, there's just this universal spiritual wisdom that oozes out of the story and the pages. So yeah, nice. Okay. So you're promoting the book. You're going to be in the Bay area for a while. You're heading um, just around California. Tell us about where people might catch up with you and hear more. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna, um, I'm going to, uh, I'll have all this on, actually it's on my Facebook page, uh, Michael A. Gorgian on Facebook, uh, but I'll, it'll be on my website too. Uh, I'm going to do a few, uh, book signings, uh, here in the Bay area. Um, one up in Napa, I'm going to do one up in Mendocino where the book takes much of the book takes place. Um, and then after the holidays, I'll be down in Southern California, uh, for a few signings down there. And then we'll see how it goes. I might do, I might, uh, uh, head out, uh, and find some other places throughout the country to go. Um, but you can always find me online. I'm very, uh, especially on Facebook. I like, I really love chatting with people and hearing what people think. Um, so if you do read the book and, and want to connect with me, uh, Facebook is a great place. Excellent. There's that technology again, yeah. you know, thank <laughs> you for that. Michael, just in, we have just a couple minutes here. And I'm curious if you have one last thing that you really want our listeners to hear today um, from the spiritual teacher, Michael, that's come through in these pages. What, what would you want our <laughs> listeners to go away with today? Um, well, hmm, I first thing that comes to mind is um, uh, I think as anyone is if you're listening to this show, you're probably interested in, in your inner life. Um, and I don't see much difference between that and our creative life. If you're, whether you're, you call yourself an artist or not. Um, and that part of us, uh, is longing, uh, to be expressed and, uh, really need to feed it. And feeding it means, uh, is it's a different thing than information. Information is wonderful and feeds our head, but there are other ways to feed this other side of us. Um, it's why I, uh, I love, uh, stories. I love novels. I love, uh, art, uh, visual art films. Um, but feed yourself good food, feed that part of yourself, good food. You, you deserve it. And, uh, then you can grow and you can, that side of you can express. Um, so that would be my, my message to, to everybody out there. Um, and even like myself, sometimes it takes 20 years before the story <laughs> finally <laughs> comes out. Uh, but when it's right, it's right. And it will. You know, I think of your 20 year journey and how really, I think your experience and all your success is probably very relevant to releasing this story. And I can just see, I mean, just purposeful, purposeful experience in 
in your acting and directing. So thank you, Michael, for bringing us What Lies Beyond the Stars and for being brave to take this 20 years and finally bring this to print. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it's been really fun having you on and I'm going to make sure that my daughter gets to listen to this too. It'll be inspiring (laughs) for so many people, including her. So thank you again. Again, we're talking with Michael Gorjan and you can find him at michaelagorjan.com. What lies beyond the stars and remember listeners together, we are creating connections for the greater good of the whole until next time I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.